We'll take our text this morning with just one verse taken from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. This is a promise of God. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. God's word is full of wonderful promises. You'll notice often coupled with those promises is another word that is used quite frequently in connection with those promises, and that is the word all. You recognize probably when Brother Darrell read those verses from Psalm 34, all of those promises contained that word all. You know, all is an important word. It's a small word. It's only three letters, but it has some huge ramifications. It's a very important word, especially in the way that God couples that with his promises. The definition for the word all is the whole quantity of, every part of, completely everything. God's words are complete. His promises are complete. So this morning, with God's help, we'll look at some of these promises. I guess if you were to title this message, you could call it God's All Promises, because you'll find this word used in conjunction in conjunction with the promises that we'll read. You know, God's Word contains promises for every circumstance, every situation in life. God gives promises to the believer as well as the unbeliever. Promises of blessing and help for those that believe and trust the Lord and promises of punishment and destruction and misery for those that do not. But God's Word also gives us some wonderful promises to the repentant, those that are seeking to amend their ways. We'll take a look at one of those promises. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says this, You'll notice God's promises, too, are conditional. But it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's that word all. You know, when God saves the soul, He does a thorough job. He does a complete job. It says He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The Lord doesn't leave a little bit of sin in the heart of a repentant sinner. He cleanses them from all unrighteousness. Also tells us if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, old things are passed away and all things become new. You know, I was thinking as the doctors and researchers and scientists are scrambling and working feverishly to try to find a cure for This coronavirus, you know, their goal is not just to treat it or to suppress it. They want to cure it. They want to eradicate it. In the same way, the Lord, when he saves the soul, he doesn't just suppress the sin in their life. He just doesn't treat the symptoms, but he gets rid of the problem. He goes to the root of the problem. It's a wonderful promise. It says he'll cleanse us if if we confess, if we repent. God will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's promises in God's Word regarding heaven, some wonderful promises of what we can look forward to 
when we get there. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4 says, And God shall wipe away all tears, all tears from their eyes. It says, There will be no more death or sorrow, crying or pain, for the former things are passed away. Heaven is a wonderful place. We don't have to worry about pandemics. We don't have to worry about uh, financial upheaval or any of these other things. Heaven is a place of eternal bliss and, and rest for the child of God. And that's what we all hope for as Christians. But you know, between the time we're saved and the time we reach heaven, there's some living to do in between. There's that in-between time. And that's where we are. And you know, it's in those in-between times that we can get a hold of God's promises. And the Lord gives us some wonderful words of reassurance during those times, during times like these. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus spoke some words to his disciples. You could say this was a statement and a promise. But Jesus told them all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He was reassuring their hearts. You know, that's a great comfort. That maybe doesn't mean anything to the ungodly or the fearful or the unbelieving, but to the child of God has placed his confidence and his faith in the Lord. That's a great consolation to know all power is given unto God in heaven and in earth. You know, nothing catches the Lord by surprise. Nothing catches him, his, um, catches him unprepared. Uh, the Lord wasn't surprised by this pandemic. The Lord knew it was coming and the Lord is prepared. You know, some may wonder, well, where is God in the middle of all this? Often people wonder in times of crisis, where is God? Does, do, does God even care? Some people may wonder, well, did he create it? Or did he send it? Well, God isn't the author of adversity, but he does allow it for his purposes. I don't know the answer to those first two questions, but what we do know is, is God allowed it? He has a reason for it, and he is in control of it. We can take great comfort in knowing that. Of course, the coronavirus, along with any other pandemic or plague, we know... Uh, the result It's the result of sin, really. They've tried to trace this latest virus back to its origins, and they think they might have narrowed it to Wuhan, China. But, you know, really, you could trace the roots of that much further back, back to the Garden of Eden. That's where all of the problems began. And we know it was because man rebelled and he disobeyed God. So the world was placed under the curse of sin. You know, God, in his perfect justice, couldn't just change the rules once man rebelled. There were still consequences to pay. Even when the consequences are negative, God has always kept his word. Sometimes God uses times like this to get a hold of people's hearts. Again, as you trace the history of God's people, time and time again, God would send difficulties or allow hard circumstances to come to get the people's attention, to cause them to turn to the Lord and pray. So God has a reason for allowing these things. And we can take great comfort as a child of God, knowing God is in control of all of these things. 
You know, if the Lord has all power, certainly God has the ability to take care of us during times of difficulty. There's another promise in God's Word we find in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It says the Lord shall supply all your needs. That's a wonderful promise. You know, sometimes we get our needs and our wants confused. Never said God would give us everything we want, but he did promise to take care of all of our needs, whether that's spiritual Physical, financial, God has promised to take care of the needs of His children. If He holds all power, certainly He has the ability to care for His children. The beautiful thing about this promise is God's resources are unlimited. God doesn't need the help of a stimulus package to meet the needs of his people. God doesn't need the approval of Congress. God doesn't need to tap into the Federal Reserve or drive up the national debt to supply the needs of his children. God's resources are unlimited. You know, the debt that was incurred to even make these promises possible, they've already been bought and paid for by Christ himself. It says that these are ours according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful promise. Every need the Lord has promised to supply. God, he reminds, reminds us of that too in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25 and 26. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? See, the Lord was reminding his disciples. He said, consider the birds. I take care of them. You know, I've watched birds from time to time. I've never seen a little bird flying around, wringing its claws together, pulling its feathers out, all distressed about what it was going to eat or where it was going to sleep. The Lord takes care of them. And by instinctively, by nature, they know to trust the Lord. And so the Lord was reminding His people, His disciples, you're so much more important to me than many sparrows. God can take care of us. You know, God is creative. God created creativity. God can think of creative ways to take care of his children and to provide for his children. I thought of some of the accounts in God's word. You think of the creative way that God supplied the needs of his children. Think of Elijah there. Uh, during that time of famine, God told him to go hide by that brook Cherith. And as he was there, he said he commanded a raven to bring him fresh bread and fresh meat twice a day. Who could have thought of that but God? And who could have fulfilled that but God? God is creative and He knows how to take care of His children. Had the widow sustain Him when the brook dried up and He went down to the city of Zarephath and there He found a widow. Again, God had commanded her to help sustain Him. And we know that as she honored God and she put God first, the Bible says that that barrel of meal didn't waste and that cruise of oil didn't run out. God sustained His people. God, the wonderful thing is the same God 
The same God that provided for their needs is the same God we serve today. God hasn't lost any of His creativity or His power. God is just as able to meet our needs today. Think about the time when Peter owed taxes. No, taxes are nothing new. They owed taxes back in Peter's day. And so he was worried and he came to the Lord. And you know what Jesus said? Go down to the sea. Catch a fish and reach into that fish's mouth and there you'll find a coin and go and pay your taxes. Imagine that. Peter was stressed out about paying his taxes and the Lord said, go fishing. And that's what he did. He stepped out in obedience. And you know what? He caught a prize catch that day. Sure enough, just as God's Word said it would be, uh, God met His needs. God can meet your needs today. Thankful for that. We serve a creative God. Ever had a time in your life when you couldn't figure something out? There are many that are facing that type of a situation even now. Maybe you didn't know what to do. You were seeking direction. God's Word has a promise for you, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Trust Him with all your heart. Don't try to figure things out on your own. Put your faith, your confidence, wholly in the Lord, and God will direct your paths. As children of God, we may encounter times or situations or circumstances that may seem impossible. But again, God's Word has a promise. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. These are Christ's own words. He says, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. You know, I recall a testimony I heard a couple of months ago on a Tuesday And one of the sisters got up and she told about a time when she was a young mother and she and her husband had been living in Roseburg and they had a small child and went on the way and things were very difficult. Her husband had been sick over the last uh, few years and and he had been in the hospital four times in one year and as a result, uh, he had lost his job and things were very difficult. You might say they seemed impossible and they were struggling and One day she sat down to pay the bills and she realized she had an electrical bill that was due. And so she called to try to negotiate and they told her they were going to turn the power off if she didn't pay that bill. So as she was there praying, she said, Lord, I want to honor you first and I want to pay my tithe, but I need 71 cents. She realized that she would have been 71 cents short. She said, Lord, I don't even know where I'm going to get that, but I'm just asking you to provide You know, no no sooner did she get done praying that prayer than she got a phone call. And she answered the phone, and the lady on the other end of the line wanted to purchase some Tupperware. And the sister had been selling Tupperware to make ends meet. And she said on her shelf, there had been a particular piece that had sat there for over a year. And that's the piece this lady was looking for. And so they made the transaction over the phone. She said as she added up the commission of her sale, you know what? It came exactly 71 cents. That's the Lord we serve. God can provide for us. He can meet our needs. Uh, God is creative. He's well able to take care of us. We simply need to trust Him with all our hearts. Ever needed peace? Certainly there are people in the world today, especially 
during this time that need peace, but God's Word tells us how we can find that peace. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We let our requests be made known unto the Lord as we do that. God will put that deep settled peace over us, a peace that the world can't understand. That's a promise from God to his children. Maybe you've been in a situation or you're in a situation now where you wonder how anything good could come out of it. Well, again, God gives us a promise. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. It says all things. It doesn't say we're going to understand or even know why certain th- things may be happening, but it says we know. We know that all these things work together, but again, this promise is to those that love God, to those who are called, not only called, but to those that have answered that call and have given their lives to the Lord. These are promises for God's children. You know, there's promises of encouragement to those who are praying for their unsaved loved ones. Again, during times like this, God often uses difficult times to speak to hearts and souls. I mean, you're carrying burdens for family and friends and loved ones that are unsaved, but listen to this promise in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all, all should come to repentance. That's a wonderful promise. Not only is that for those that are praying for unsaved loved ones, but if you're listening this morning and you're in an unsaved condition, listen, it's not a hopeless condition. It's not the Lord's will. He wants you to come to Him and repent. Hell was never created for people. It was created for the devil and his angels. But because man resists and rejects and rebels against God, he sends himself there. But it's not God's will that any should perish. I was reminded again of a testimony I read some time back about a woman who prayed for her husband, her unsaved husband. She said after uh, they'd been married about two years, she'd gotten saved and she had a burden to pray for her unsaved husband. So she began to pray and she desperately wanted him to be a Christian. For many years she prayed. She said 21 years after she was saved, she was in a church service one night and as she went down to the altar of prayer, she said she was lost in prayer and God gave her a wonderful promise that he would save her husband. She says she drove home already uh, as if the Lord had already saved her husband because she'd gotten a promise from God and she stood on that promise. She said her burden was gone, but you know what? Her faith was tested for several more years. Fourteen years after she received that promise, she said one day her husband became suddenly ill and he was taken to the hospital. The doctors said there was little hope for his recovery. 
But you know, she didn't have any fear. She stood on the promise of God and she knew, she knew the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. She said as they were preparing her husband for surgery, he cried out to God for mercy. And his, his cry was heard. The Lord saved him there on that hospital bed as they were prepping him to go into surgery. God's always on time. The Lord heard her prayer. The Lord heard his prayer. She said, after 35 years of praying alone, she said, I'm so thankful to have a Christian husband and a praying home. God always keeps his promises. God always fulfills his promises. Second Corinthians 1.20 says, all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen. That's yes and so be it. All the promises of God are in him, or yea and amen. You know, you may wonder, we have such a treasure trove of promises in God's word. You know, there's over 3,000 promises specifically from God to man. Maybe you wonder why so many of those promises go unclaimed or unrealized or unfulfilled. I'll tell you, it's not because God doesn't have the power and the ability in every intention of fulfilling those promises, any failure to see God's promises fulfilled, it's never on the part of God. It's always on the part of man. Well, the Lord tells us there's some things that separate us from those promises. Jeremiah 5, 25, it says, Your iniquities have turned away these things, and your sins have withholden good things from you. You know, uh, the unrighteous, those that refuse to serve the Lord, they can't lay hold of God's promises. They have no right or claim to the promises of God. But God has a remedy for that. In Isaiah 55, 7, he says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our Lord, for he will abundantly, abundantly pardon Thank God, the Lord, if you're not saved this morning, God can save you. You know, when you're saved and you've been born again, you become partakers of that divine nature. Then you're given access to all of the promises in God's word. We also know in closing, there's one other thing that is required. Actually, two other things. It's faith and obedience it says, if you ask, you have to ask in faith, nothing wavering. You can't ask God to fulfill a promise if you don't believe He can do it. So we know it certainly takes faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please the Lord. But you know what? It also takes obedience. We'll close with Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. It says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. After you've done the will of God, it says you'll receive the promise. And you know what? You can have confidence. 
If you're serving the Lord faithfully, if you're walking in obedience to the Lord, if you're doing His will, you can come in confidence before the Lord, even this morning. Whatever your need, whatever the situation in your life, call out to God this morning. God will help you. He'll strengthen and sustain you during these difficult times. We're so thankful that all of the promises of God are yea and amen to those that believe. May God bless you today.